If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm Shane Larson, the host of the show, and today we've got another awesome interview from a local professional. It's the sports director from KTVB, Jay Tust. He's joining us today to talk about his profession as well as some Boise State football. So a lot of the the people who are listening are going to love this because you're going to hear about how sports, his, his passion for sports when he was just a little kid, helped him through his education not just you know playing sports but his fascination with statistics and everything so we've got an awesome show jay's going to be breaking down a lot of information for us you're going to love it so without further ado i'd like to introduce our guest onto the show i said it before it's jay tuss the sports director from ktvb jay thanks for taking the time out of your freaking crazy schedule to join us and talk about your profession Shane, what's going on man good to be a part of the show you do a great job i'm looking forward to this Awesome, man. I appreciate that, and I've been looking forward to getting a hold of you and, and getting this scheduled out for quite some time, so today's actually like the day where everything's coming together, and I'm really excited about it. Now, Jay, we, we've got like the, the local listeners, they kind of have an idea of who you are if they pay attention to sports. That's my, you know, that's what my podcast is all about. Uh, but the people that are across the country that were, you know, that are listening here from North Carolina, Alabama, Michigan, all of those guys, um, and they know who they are. I kind of want to get a background of who you are. So you're, you, we obviously know you're the, the sports director at KTVB, but we'll get to that point. I want to know your background in sports media. Have you always been into sports? And, you know, what wanted, what did you, you know, got you into wanting to be into sports media, I should say? You know, I uh, I think like most people uh, that, that get into sports media, they're, they're one-time athletes and they just have a crazy passion for sports. Uh for most of us, well, I guess for all of us, really, someday that comes sooner than other, for others, but, um, you know, eventually we can't play it anymore, and so we look for a way to still be involved and talk about it, and so that's basically what happened with me. I mean, uh, I love football, love football, but I, I always say that baseball always has my heart because uh, my dad played it, I played it since I was four. Um, I didn't really start playing football until I was in high school, so baseball was... Uh, was really the thing that started this whole thing, and um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, Shane. When I was when I was a kid, man, I I hated reading. I didn't like, you know, I I, I didn't really like school that much, and uh, it's it's kind of funny. My mom uh, discovered how much I liked baseball cards, and I, I've always been a stat guy. I mean, since I can remember, and I love reading the back of the baseball cards. I, I, I would do division and multiplication, all that stuff, or addition, all that stuff. Uh, by, uh, you know, figuring out batting averages or slugging percentages or, uh, you know, hitting streaks, whatever it might be. And I, I loved it at an early age. And then on top of that, back in the day, they always had, like, little facts on the baseball cards about a player or something like that. And I'd always read them and recite them to my mom. And so she uh, she discovered that this was a way to, like, get me interested in reading and in school, and it worked like a charm. Like, I'd read the newspaper every morning. Uh, that's That's kind of really how – it all began for me. It's, sports has always been a huge part of my life, whether it be on the field or off the field. Man, it's funny because you're you're saying that whole thing about statistics and everything. My buddy, a uh, very good friend of mine, he's a coworker as well. His name's Clayton Panzeri. He's a huge stats guy, and especially with baseball, that's exactly who I thought of when you were talking. So that's funny, man. That's, that's how it works, man. It looks like your mom figured out which way to get you kind of – 
on the education route too. That's awesome. Um, so you started playing like, so you played baseball and then obviously you said you played football when you got into high school. When did you decide, like, like, first off, where were you from? Are you from Idaho? Where, where are you from? And where'd you grow up? I grew up in the uh, Tacoma area up in Washington, born and raised up there. I mean, uh, up until I left for college, lived in the same room my entire life. So uh, we didn't move around much. Much. My parents stumped their roots in Tacoma and, yeah, born and raised in Tacoma. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the high school I went to. I know that movie's a little bit old, but it's a big castle-looking thing that overlooks the water. It's called Stadium High School. It's, pretty, it's a pretty cool high school. I think we got the best football field in America, at least in terms of scenery. Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's pretty cool. Okay, so uh, I do I recognize that movie. I was a little kid. I was in elementary school when that, that when that when that movie came out. But um, I do recognize that movie. And Tacoma, that's where Roberto Bergerson is from, is it not? I believe so. Yeah. I, I can't remember which high school he went to, but I'm I'm pretty sure Roberto Bergerson, Boise State legend, is from Tacoma, Washington. Um, so you you came here. Where did you go to school at? Where did you go to college? So I. Uh... When I, I played baseball, like I said, I was a big baseball player. And so out of high school, um, I was actually drafted by the Cincinnati Reds, but I decided to go to college. Back then, they had this thing called a draft and follow. So in order to stay draft eligible, uh, I had to go to a junior college. So I went to a junior college for my first two years, transferred to Washington State. And in all honesty, I, I just kind of, uh, I was just a little tired of playing. So I wanted to try something new. And, uh, this was something new, getting behind the mic. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, so that's awesome. You kind of made that transition. It's not always an easy transition. Uh, people don't understand how how much skill goes into actually, you know, articulating everything and putting your thoughts together. And for you specifically, we know you here in Boise. Like I mentioned, we, we've seen you on TV. We see you on Twitter, Facebook. We hear you on the radio. Like we, we know who you are. You have a, a very large skill set. And when you got to Boise though, you weren't the sports director, if I'm not mistaken, you, you worked your way into that role. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Actually. Um, uh, kind of a thing that I'm, I'm, I would say that I'm somewhat proud of is because uh, that was a point in time where you saw the sports director position dying in a lot of stations throughout I mean, really the country. And um, they no longer had a sports director that by, by that title at CWB. And I just tried to work really hard. And, and eventually my, uh, I, yeah, my boss gave me the honor of, of bringing back that sports director title. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was something that was pretty cool, I think. And as a sports director, tell us what you do. Like, tell the listeners what you do, if you could sum it up in, like, 60 seconds, which doesn't give you enough time, I know. But, like, if you can sum up kind of what you do. You wear a lot of hats from what we can we can tell. But just, like, what is your main job responsibilities as a sports director at KTVB? You know, I, I think that in, in a market this size, the voice is growing, don't get me wrong. But in a market this size, you still really do have to be versatile. It's, it's important to be versatile. But, I mean, we really do a lot each and every day. Um, shoot, write, edit, anchor, uh, you, you name it. We kind of, if you see me, you know, tossing to a package or, or whatever it might be, there's a very good chance that, um, you know, I, I did the interview, I wrote the, the you know, the, the feature piece, and then I edited it all together, and then I get up on a desk or stand on a blue field over in Boise State, and I, I introduce that, and, and hopefully the fans enjoy it. But we really do have to wear a lot of hats at, at, at KCB. Um, you know, 
there, there are times where it can be a lot, but there are times where I really enjoy it. Like one part of my job, I would say really in the last two years that I've tried to figure out new creative ways to do is, is shooting, um, sequence shooting, all that stuff. And I, I really find it kind of challenging, but if you can, if you can pull it off, you can really, uh, advance your, your storytelling or really make it all come together. So, um, I, I, I do enjoy the challenges of it. Sometimes it's a lot, but I do enjoy the challenges of it. I'll say this, Shane. I, I, one thing that I, I, I love and I hate about being a, a sports anchor is people always think it's so easy. And I, I, I get it. Like, you get to go cover sporting events. But, I mean, there are times where, you know, last week we traveled down to Alabama. I got about two and a half hours of sleep uh, on, what, two or three nights last week just to make sure that, well, A, for traveling, B, for, for producing the pregame show and making everything, making sure that everything was, you know, scripted, edited, and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, you wear a lot of hats. But, you find ways to challenge yourself and really enjoy it. I think. Man, it's crazy. Yeah, like I said, like it, people don't understand. Even me just doing this podcast, and this is a very small portion, like the storytelling and stuff, the producing. You don't the, have to. Do, you don't have to dismiss it, Shane. I get it. It, it takes more time than people think on the outside because you try to produce quality. You, I mean, you could just record audio and throw it out there, but, you know, you, like myself, like myself, you know, we have similarities in this regard, that you want it to be quality, you want it to be entertaining, you want it to be produced right, and so all of that stuff takes extra time, and, you know, oftentimes that's not necessarily accounted for by people, but, you know, that, that's okay, it's, just, it's a humble part of the job that we kind of accept, right? Dude, exactly, and I appreciate you bringing that up, man. It's good to hear it from somebody else. Like, I like somebody like yourself, bigger name, being able to say that and, and you know, educate the listeners. Now, Jay, part of, like, all of your, your things that you've done, I, I listed out a few things here, um, and speaking with some of my, you know, sports friends at our current job, I mean, obviously, my current job that I work full-time is not a sports job, right? I do this as a, as a hobby and something that I intend on building on later on in the future, and but like my full-time job, luckily I have some sports fans there and we get to talk and obviously your name comes up quite a bit. And we were discussing this the other day. That's why I made this list of some of the the things that we enjoy um, from you. And we, we were talking about the press box, I believe is what the radio show was called. And you used, you used to be on the press box. I think it was with BJ. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, see, we were we were talking about all the like the different sports shows that we've had in the valley that had to get like shut down and for one reason or another they just stopped. And we were talking about that. That was an amazing show. Like everybody loved that show. We were like, yeah, they were the they were awesome. And so we got to hear you on the radio. We obviously saw you on TV. You're always on TV. You're talking on TV. Um, and then you also have a podcast that you're doing with Dave Southern now. And, and so you have this skill set of not only being on camera but being behind the mic without a camera. I want to know what your your preferences do you prefer to be on tv where you have to read off a teleprompter what are the difficulties that come with it or do you prefer being behind the mic and just kind of chilling behind the scenes and talking you know what it's actually refreshing this i don't know if this is just kind of like a, a scapegoat answer here Shane, but uh it's kind of refreshing to have a little bit of a balance of both they're all extremely different and um you know i think that kind of like one thing i've been really enjoyed about the podcast and it's even more so than radio you challenge yourself on the radio for it to be like this, but you still have commercial breaks and other things you have to worry about. With a podcast, it is a sports conversation, and it's natural, and it's free-flowing, and eventually you get to about a 45-minute to an hour mark, and you've you decided that that's probably good for the day. Uh, with TV, it's very scripted. It's very structured. Um, again, I, I, that might sound, I don't, I'm going to sound negative, but um, it, 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 that just is what it is. It's scripted. It's structured. You, you get your talking points. 
you get your three minutes a night for sports and then and then you move on. And so uh, to have that balance of having a radio show or now having a podcast where you can get some of those other thoughts off your mind and really even opinions, um, that's a lot of fun. You know, I, I offer my opinion to times when I'm on TV, but I also, you know, I, I, I try to, and it, it, it varies depending on the topic, but I try to let my viewers decide what they want to believe. You present them with a bunch of facts, and you let them make the decision. You don't make it for them. Um, but, you know, there, there are certain times where, you, may, you know, you have a prediction of an outcome of a game. I was wrong about the Stillwater game, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it's uh, on the podcast, maybe you can give a little bit more of your opinion, dive a little further into stats and, and why you do stuff versus just presenting the facts on TV. Oh, for sure. And one of the things that we've noticed is how this industry has evolved uh, pretty pretty quickly. I'm, I'm going to say like in the past 10 to 15 years since the time I was in high school till now, even like this industry has evolved because we've added social media and, and obviously podcasting has gotten into the mix and such. And one of the reasons people love you, Jay, is because you interact, you find different ways to connect with the, the community, right? You're You've got your social media platforms, especially Twitter, and I think that's awesome um, that you you communicate with the sports fans throughout the Valley, um, basically just like with, for instance, when you were breaking down the Troy game, um, you analyzed it post-game. It was like a day or two later, and you were posting some you know topics about that, and that was when I first realized, I was like, this is awesome. Jay's, Jay's taking the time to analyze it and then post it out on Twitter for that fan base, and then obviously you have a different niche of people that watch TV and a different niche of people that will listen to your podcast, but... It's it's cool that you're finding ways to, I guess, hit every one of your, every one of your niches, every one of the, I, I don't know, one of the groups. But what would you say is so difficult about this? I mean, what would be the most difficult part with having all these different, you know, outlets to have to communicate to since it has evolved so much? Is it is it hard for you, or do you find it entertaining and fun? You know, I, I think that it, you just can't let it overwhelm yourself because there are so many. I mean, even for me, for example, like, I, I love Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy, and I think that uh, Twitter fits the sports world. You watch it during live events. You get these 240-character updates throughout a sporting event, and people can, you know, uh, digest that as they're watching. Uh, but I, I don't – I'm not a huge Facebook guy, and I probably need to, to do a little bit more of that. Instagram is now uh, growing momentum or building momentum, and so – I think you just you, you can't let it overwhelm you, and I know that kind of that might sound silly to some. I get that, but you know at times it feels like you're tweeting something, and then you're going over and you're altering it for Facebook, and then you're going to Instagram and you're modifying it for Instagram. <laughs> you're just like, I mean, that all does add up. It all does take time. So I think you just kind of have to find out what works for you, and 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 not necessarily let it overwhelm you. Um, I, I do love Twitter, and I do think that it's an awesome platform to interact with with viewers or listeners or whatever it might be in in terms of, you know, being versatile and appealing to different types uh, of an audience, you know, I mean, um, I think that you look for those stories. Like for example, uh, prior to the Oklahoma state game, you know, I did did a story on Achillean Butler. And I I think that a lot of people are kind of starting to realize, you know, Achillean Butler, he's he's healthy again and he's contributing. He scored a touchdown uh, against Troy. He added another one against Utah, but he, you know, just talking with him, he told me about, his dog and how uh, last December, you know, he was really struggling staying positive and, and kind of mentally struggling with uh, having to recover from an ACL injury. And he felt like he was kind of, you know, separated from the team. It's hard when you're injured because you go from like the ultimate team inclusion every single day, watching video, 
being a part of, you know, game planning, going out and practicing and doing this cyclical thing over and over again. And when you're injured, you're, it's not, I want to say you're excluded from it, but you're, you're just not a part of it. I mean, you're injured. And so he goes out and he gets this dog and he said the dog was like a big reason why he was able to maintain a positive, you know, a, a positive mindset throughout his injury. And even simply, simply is coming home as, and seeing, you know, the energy from his dog, that gave him energy to, you know, attack his day and, and get on his rehab. And so you, you just talk about, you know, I think that Achillean Butler would appeal to people because he's a football player, but all of a sudden by you know, finding a connection with a dog, you're, you're really going to open it up to an audience that doesn't just care about football. It's going to be, you know, other parts of your audience that care about dogs or just relate the, uh, you know, or all of a sudden want sympathy towards Achillean Butler because of what he went through. And so – that's a challenge that, that I welcome and I, I love about my job. And, um, yeah, I, I guess I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at that. I just, yeah, I, I think that those stories are a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. I, I love how you brought that up. That just kind of just is a testament to your storytelling skills. Like this job is in, in sports media or any kind of journalism field. It's a storytelling job. You have to be able to tell a story. And you do a great job at that. And you found that little piece of information that could appeal to a different set of listeners and i think that's fantastic yeah you do talk about how our industry is changing and adapting and i would honestly say like 10 years ago that I, I don't know if somebody would have clung to that part of a story they would be more interested in again the two touchdowns and a killing as a football player but if you get one thing that viewers really like now is they like it when you humanize an athlete and all of a sudden not only can you relate to them but you have a reason for them and so um, that, uh, that's something that, – that's a way that – that's an area I'd say that has really evolved over the years. I still like watching game tape afterwards and trying to break it down in my own statistical perspective. And uh, I think that shows that, you know, kind of the, the nuts and bolts sports fan in me. But um, when you talk about the industry changing, that's definitely part of it that, that has evolved or changed. You, you try to humanize those athletes and give people reason to relate to them or cheer for them for that matter. Man, very good point. I love that. I love that. Now it's going to be in my mind every time I see that now. See, that's why I like talking to people like yourself because now when I see the the journalists like yourself out there doing that, uh, I'll see why. Like I understand why it's happening now and, and the impact it has. Yeah. Uh, I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm going to even backdate this a little bit more. So when we were down at Mountain West Media Days, we were talking with Brett Rippin. And this was just, we were kind of joking around. He he got a dog as well like during the off season And uh, it's a little dog. His name's Willie Rippin. And so, you know, we were asking him about it. And he's like, yeah, all that stuff. He's on his Instagram account, by the way, Willie Rippin. Go ahead and follow it. Um, but then we asked Coach Harson about it and about being a, a, a small dog owner. And Coach Harson says, well, I'm actually a small dog owner. And he wanted to say that, you know, big dogs, that they can, you know, they can tend to take more time. You have to go outside with them more and all that stuff. And so, uh, that's just recognizing what you can manage, your own schedule and stuff like that. And this a small dog is, is probably easier to take care of. So that, he, he complimented Brett for kind of seeing that and getting a small dog. On top of that, it was at that point in time, so back in July, that Brett was kind of – that just Brett brought up the uh, the fact that, yeah, he goes, Achillean owns a dog. It's a big dog. I don't know how he does it. He lives by himself. And so I just kind of like kept that in the back of my mind. And the first time that I got to ask Achillean about, about it, he was the one that kind of told me, like, yeah, he was kind of my almost recovery dog. That that story kind of took life, and I was like, that, that's pretty cool. So you're always just kind of trying to pay attention to those little nuggets that can give a story, again, again, kind of that, that different life or that new life. 
That's really impressive. It's cool that you got to keep that in the back of your mind. You remembered what he said, and then you kind of brought that up to Achillean when you had the opportunity. That's awesome. That's really cool that you got to do that. And I think that's huge for us that are trying to make our way through this this industry as well, make our way into it. Um, to remember, that's huge for me. It's it's going to be big for me and anybody else who's doing doing the same thing. Now, Jay, I notice that right now you, you um, I'm trying to say try to word this correctly. So last night. Uh, it's a Friday night. You're you're covering some high school football, and then in the morning you're hosting a show, and then you're you're joining me. You're on this podcast, uh, and so your hours are kind of crazy sometimes with all this sports stuff going on. How do you balance that for like a regular life? I, sh- I was I put that in quotes, a quote unquote regular life. Um, when you're working such crazy hours, like late nights on a Friday, early morning, Saturday, um, obviously when football's going on, you got the, the game Saturday, you got to put together all your stories, this and that. Like, how do you balance that with the rest of your regular life? You know, it's, again, it's a blessing and a, and a curse because um, I never view it as, as work. I mean, when I'm tired and, and, and grinding, maybe I'll, I'll get a little agitated, but for the most part, I, I never really view it as work. I, I know that, that that might sound cliche or whatever, but it's just the truth. Um, so, you know, I'll be sitting down watching a TV show with my wife, and I'll just kind of bust out my laptop. And, um, you know, if I rewatch a game, I go through it, and I, I, I put a bunch of stats down basically as I uh, or record a bunch of, of stats as I'm watching the game. And then, as we're watching another TV show, I'll just kind of open up my laptop and add them, add them all up, or, or or whatever it might be, and then start to present them on social media or something like that. So it's, it's it really is hard to separate yourself. But um, I would say that during football season, uh, that doesn't really exist. I've done a, I've tried to do a better job in the probably March to July months of taking a little bit more time away and and almost recharging the batteries too because. Um, again, during football season, again, uh, there's just there's not a whole lot of days off. There just there really aren't. I mean, technically, my my days off are Monday and Tuesdays, but we have Coach Harson and the assistant coaches have their press conferences on Mondays, so I can't miss that. And then by Tuesday, uh, it's the only open practice period of the week for Boise State, and then you also have player interviews. We also have our pregame show meeting on Tuesdays as well. So uh, this time of year, on my days off, I. I probably spend about an average of four to five hours a day just at at work. But again, the trade-off is I I try to take a little bit more time off when we're in those deader months, if you will. Yeah. So to recharge the batteries essentially is what you're saying. I get it. Like that's, that's crazy though. I mean, you look at it and I guess it's just that question that nobody really thinks of when they're a little kid watching like Stuart Scott and everybody on ESPN, you're just, you're watching them at night and you just assume that their life is normal. But when you really think about it, just like right now, there's a lot that goes into there. They're working at night for a reason. Uh, most of their shifts are going to be, you know, swing shifts and then they're working weekends and they're kind of nasty hours if you think about it. So it's just kind of interesting to hear it from your perspective. And I guess that is really good to, to be able to recharge the batteries, like you said, and those dead months and then, you know, just go full out during the football season. And let's talk a little bit about football to, to finish off, Jay. Obviously, Boise State football, uh, losing at Stillwater um, to Oklahoma State. It seems like to the outsider, and that's what's unfortunate, is a lot of those voters don't really pay attention to the full game. Uh, they'd see the score, and they're just they're called stat watchers. You know, we call them stat watchers that just see the stats, and they think it's it was a hideous game. Um, quite honestly, I think it was about four plays that changed that game completely around. And 
outside of those four plays, two of them being blocked punts. I thought Boise State was, you know, at least head-to-head with them for the most part. I'm not going to say that they would have won, but they were head-to-head with them the entire game. I kind of want your thoughts on this. Being so close to the team and being able to interact with everybody, coaching staff, players, whatnot, uh, what do you feel about this year's football team? Do you feel like they have a different energy than they've had, in, I guess, in the most recent years? Yeah, I feel this team is a little unique. I I can't quite put my finger on it, in all honesty, Shane, but... Um, this team has a unique feel to it. Whether it be they're more focused, more connected, I, I don't know exactly, but it feels different. I, I think it begins with Brett Rippon, too. Um, he seems different. And Brett's always been a guy that has put in ungodly hours in terms of preparation. I mean, you talk about the stuff that people don't see in terms of how, how much we work or how hard we work as, as, as you know members of the media – but, I mean, there's a lot that that kid puts in that, that people have no clue about in terms of getting up and working out and watching film and then watching more film and then watching more film before going to practice and coming back and watching more film. So it's it just, it, you know, I, I, uh, they have a different feel. And I just don't I, – this, this might sound biased, and I, I get it, but I don't feel like that performance in Stillwater was indicative of how, of how good this team is. You know, I go back to my days when I covered the team when Chris Peterson was here and his mood after a game, there were games that they lost. When, I mean, they lose a lot under Coach Pete. But there were games that they lost here. And, and Coach Pete, after the game, like, he was almost – I don't want to say, like, at peace or anything like that, but he did have, like, a, a sense of calmness to him just because I think he felt like the better team won that day. Now, there were also losses where Boise State could have played better and beat themselves, and that's where you would see an agitated Chris Peterson – after you know a game, I think that if if you know if every coach is different, but if I was you know if you look at that loss in Stillwater, I would be a little agitated if I was a coach. And I think Coach Harson was a little agitated if you listen to his post game press conference. They could have played so much better, and I think that that's what's disappointing about it. Um, would they have still beaten Oklahoma State? I don't know. It's probably unfair to say yes and, and dismiss the, the effort that Oklahoma State put forth. But if they were to play that game again, I'm I'm really confident that it would be a, a very different outcome. And does that mean Boise State would have won? I'm not saying that, but it would have been a hell of a lot closer. Uh, I just, you know, from the block punts to some of the protection issues up front, you know, a lot of people on social media were saying after the game that there was a noticeable speed difference between Boise State and, and Oklahoma State. And I think at times, yeah, you could see it. But you know what? There were some protection issues up front where guys were coming untouched at times. And that has zero to do with speed or athleticism. I mean, heck, you or I could have sacked Brett Rippon on a couple of those plays. That's a communication issue up front. And so uh, I do think a lot of the things that happened in that game, the negative things that happened in that game, I think this coaching staff will go back to work and get it corrected and you'll see a better team moving forward. If, if, if this team can learn from it, they'll st- they're, they're still in the New Year's Six picture, uh, picture, in my opinion. If they can't learn from it, then they're not. They're, they'll, they'll be a, a Vegas Bowl team or a Hawaii Bowl team or whatever. But I, I do think, I, I really believe that this team will learn from it. I, I, I really believe that they will. Uh, only time will tell, though. For sure. And f- – for I guess this is a question that a lot of people are you know throwing out there. Do you feel um, 
Do you, do you feel that they can compete at the highest level with some of the biggest schools? I'm not saying college football playoff style, but you mentioned New Year's Six Bowl. Do you feel like we could compete and, for that matter, win against some of the bigger bigger schools in the top ten? You know, if, if I wanted to be short-sighted, I could say no. But let me ask you this. Um, do you feel like Boise State is superior athletically now to the team that they rolled out there against Oklahoma in, in 2007? I mean, I – I believe the answer is yes. What do you think? Uh, yeah, actually, you're gonna if we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, we had a couple NFL players on that team, but I think this, yeah, this team we've got right now, athletically speaking, is actually far superior to what we had back in 06-07. I mean, if you're going from one number one to one hundred five on the roster as a collective group, I would think that this group is is more athletic and. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if people disagree with that, but I, I just I think it would be the case. Now, what I'm getting to is that 2017 was special. They were dialed. If that 2017 can beat Oklahoma, who was seventh ranked in the country, and Boise State is 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 from top to bottom maybe more athletic today, I don't I don't see why that can't be the case. I mean, um, they went down and they rolled Oregon. It was it was 38 to 28 in, in the Vegas Bowl last year. It should have been way more than that. They could have killed those guys even worse if it weren't for uh, a couple of things that, that happened in that game, too. I mean, Boise State should have that, – that, that game should have been even more lopsided than it was. I, I, I think it's an excuse. I do. I think it's, I think it's an excuse. I think that um, when, when it's talking about we need to be more athletic or stuff like that, you're diminishing how good Boise State in the past has been between the ears on special teams. Special teams is a part of the game where – Boise State has long created a competitive advantage when going up against Power 5 opponents. And when you go down to Stillwater, I mean, they got crushed in special teams in Stillwater. Absolutely crushed. Uh, you talk about not being able to turn the ball over on the road. You can't give up two blocked punts that result in touchdowns. I mean, one directly resulted in a touchdown. One took a couple of plays, but it eventually was uh, it turned into a touchdown for the Cowboys. You can't do that stuff. And so um, – by saying that they're not as big or athletic or, or not big enough or athletic enough, I, I think it's an excuse because you've got to find a way. And, and if there's any program in the country that has always found a way, it, it, it appears – I would have to say it's the Boise State football team. They've always found a way to maximize talent, effort, and do more with less. I like it, man. You're giving us a little bit of hope as Bronco fans, so that's awesome. I mean, I just need to hear it from somebody that's in the, you know, in the mix of it all, and that's yourself. Now, Jay, just to finish, last question I got for you, sir, is, you know, you, you're you here. Um, you've been in, in Boise. We like you here. We obviously want you to stay here um, if if that is the case. But I just want to know what your, your future goals are. Um, do you intend on keeping, you know, the sports director job and, and kind of as it continues to evolve in this industry like we talked about earlier, do you do you intend on growing it within, you know, the Valley or if something presented itself for like a major network, do you see yourself, you know, like everybody has a dream job. Do you have a, a dream of going somewhere else? Or are you kind of just open to letting things happen as they go? Yeah, I, I'm a little open to it. Um, I'm also to the point in time in my life where I don't really get to make all the decisions selfishly anymore. I guess you could say uh, a few years ago, I wasn't married. I didn't have a house, and uh, I'll just throw the dog in there too. We didn't have one of those either. But now I, I, I got a wife, I got a dog, and I got a house. And so I'm, I'm, my roots are a little bit deeper here. They're, they're sunk in. Um, so you know, when I when I first got into this, Shane, you know, I wanted to be 
on ESPN. I wanted to be the next Stuart Scott or the next Scott Van Pelt or any of those guys that I've looked up to for so long. But I think that, you know, I, I have enjoyed the local sports scene. It is fun to be a part of a community. It's it's different. You know, I I don't want to be just wallpaper presenting sports highlights. I want to connect with people. And when you're a local sports guy, you really do have the opportunity to do that. I didn't see a part of this when I initially got into this business a decade ago, but I've certainly enjoyed it. And so I love Boise. Boise is a growing market. It's a growing city. It's a great place to be. My wife's from here. Um, I go home every now and then, and it takes me two hours to get to Seattle, and it takes me five minutes to get to work from where I live, the KCBB, so I can't complain about that. Uh, there's a lot of perks to living here. Um, will I be here for more? Honestly, I don't know. But I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it while I am here because I really do think, as a lot of people think, that Boise is a special place. Everybody that comes here raves about this place, and uh, it, it has certainly sucked me in, uh, <laughs> no doubt about it. So, I love it, man. And if you if you stay here, we'll 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 be happy to have you here, man. We we love you here. So yeah, so that's not a problem at all. So if you decide that this is where you want to want to continue to to live for the rest of your life and cover sports for us, that's totally fine because us sports fans love it. Once again, guys, uh, I've got Jay Tuss here joining me, sports director of KTVB here in the Boise Valley, the Treasure Valley, for anybody who's not here from Idaho. And once again, Jay, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day, out of your hectic schedule, as we found out today, to join me and, and do this interview. Yeah, and, and one last thing for me, uh, to you and anybody else, keep chasing the dream. When I was a kid, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, sports motivated me to read and do edition and all that stuff. I was also extremely shy. I hated I hated speaking in front of the class. I hated reading in front of the class. But sports has always been this passion of mine, and it's always pushed me to do a little bit more. And if you would have asked me when I was in high school that I would be, you know, talking on TV each and every night, I would have said there's no way I would have had the guts to do it. But uh, just just keep chasing the dream, man, and uh, follow your passion. And uh, that's what that, that's what it's all about. If you love what you do. You don't work. It's true. Like, if you love what you do, it really doesn't feel like you're working. So I encourage everybody to choose that, I guess. But, Shane, keep it up, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you, Jay. Thanks for those words. And for all the listeners out there, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. You know the drill. Subscribe to the show, and we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.